in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you remember a few weeks ago when our lector Bill Brockman read St. Paul's classic statement of confusion? I do not understand, Paul said. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. I can will what's right, but I cannot do it, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. It's a tongue twister to be sure, and it goes on in Romans 7. That's just a small taste of it. But it's so true, isn't it? Like Paul, I don't understand. I don't understand my own self and I have no idea what I'm doing. I want to do the right thing. I really do, but so often I don't. So often I don't even know what the right thing is. And that is true now more than ever. You see, we're living through a period of profound disorientation and not knowing. In case you haven't heard yet, there's this pandemic, which has thrust all of us into new uncharted territory and confused or complicated the simplest daily decisions. Should I get a haircut? Should I go to the dentist? Should I let my children meet up with friends? Should our students return to campus? Should masks be required? Should I visit loved ones who are sick or dying? But that's not all. There have been very public injustices and protests, which have triggered some hard, soul-searching conversations and reflections, especially about race. I, for one, am coming to see myself and my whole way of life differently. I want to be good. I want to do good. And yet, I realize that I still do and say and participate in some quite harmful things. Then there's our political situation. Need I say more? It's generating all kinds of division and ugliness. People, good people, are not just disagreeing about what's best for our country and how best to pursue it, but many are being downright mean to each other perhaps out of their own insecurity and fear. And there is death. Death, the greatest unknown of all, which is so upfront and center these days. The deaths of people sick from COVID-19, the deaths of loved ones from other things, the deaths of people of color and of public servants, the death or loss of the way things used to be. At the threshold of death, we do not understand. And we don't know what we're supposed to do or say or pray. Thankfully, we're not the first people to stand at this challenging threshold and we can draw on the ancient rituals and prayers of the community. But in this strange time we're living through, even those rituals have changed. Many of us can't 
attend funerals or gather with family members in the wake of death. Yes, this is new territory. And there's so much we just don't know anymore. For some of us, many perhaps, this not knowing, this confusion extends even to our understanding of God and our spiritual lives and prayer. It kind of takes me back to my time on the new territory of hospital chaplaincy. A mere intern, I felt overwhelmed every time I was called to pray with and visit a dying patient. What would I say or praying when I crossed over that threshold into the patient's room. Because it wasn't simply a threshold between the hallway and the room, it was also a threshold. A threshold between my knowledge and mystery, between my control and helplessness, strength and weakness, life and death. And so before knocking on the door, I begged God every time, Oh Lord, help me be enough. Make your presence known in spite of me. Pray through me. And though my words often failed, the Spirit did not. In fact, the most powerful prayers were the ones when I said nothing, because there was nothing to say, no conversation to be had. The patient lay dying, beyond speaking or understanding my little words anyway. And yet, and yet there was prayer. There was prayer from soul to soul, spirit to spirit, in the spirit, prayer in which I felt the presence of saints, saints on the other side with whom the dying person already seemed to be communicating. Over time, over time, I learned to trust this prayer of the Spirit. Later, that trust would help me get through one of my most epic fails in prayer. 13 months ago, someone I had been visiting on death row, Marion Wilson, who would be turning 44 years old three days from now. 13 months ago, Marion lost his last appeal on a Wednesday morning and was scheduled to be executed that same evening. After they took Marion away, I waited with his mother and some other family and attorneys at a hospitality house not far away from the prison. It is a holy place, if there ever was one. When later that night we got word that the dreaded moment was now, a heavy hush fell over us and someone asked me to pray. Thankfully, I had my prayer book with me and so I read the prayer of commendation and then led us in the Lord's Prayer. Except halfway through the Lord's Prayer, which I say over and over many times a day, halfway through 
I completely forgot the words. The weight of the moment was just too much. And yet, again, there was prayer. Though I was very embarrassed and so, so sorry, there was prayer. There was the Spirit interceding for everyone, everyone affected by this, with sighs too deep for words. In a way, my prayerful, my wordful prayer falling apart was just what that moment required. That moment in which everything fell apart. Had I not lost my words, I might have continued to believe that that prayer was all up to me. And I might have missed the Spirit's truer, deeper prayer in that unfathomable moment. Later that night, I came home and cried, and cried a lot. But I still couldn't pray, at least not in the way that I was used to, because I was so devastated. I was so disappointed in God. I was angry with God. I didn't want to make sense of this. I didn't want to find good in it. But somehow, somehow I still knew this. I still knew that I could give myself over to this grief, this disorientation, because I knew that God would not leave me there. I knew that the Spirit would help me in my weakness and pray when I couldn't. I knew that not even this, not even this irreconcilable trauma, nor my doubt, nor my anger could separate me or any of us, any of us from the love of God in Christ Jesus and that diminished their power over me. That diminished their power over me in that moment. There are so many things that threaten to separate us from God's love and from one another. Indeed, separation is a hard, sad fact of this current time that we are living through too. And it's bringing many of us face to face with the limits of our own knowing, the limits of our own understanding, our control, our planning, our fixing and helping. In physical separation from so many family and friends, and amid these daily reminders of our own mortality, we are having to trust more and more in the Spirit, more and more in the power and goodness and love of God, in the Spirit's presence and care, strength and prayer. And we are having to trust more and more in the spiritual realm, the spiritual communion we share with all the living and all the dead. It's no accident, of course, that our liturgies around death, that ultimate of thresholds, are filled with words about entrusting our loved ones to God, to God's never-failing care and love, 
commending them into our Savior's merciful hands and into the glorious company of the saints in light. That is what we do at death. We entrust our loved ones and ourselves to God, and we trust in the spiritual communion of saints. That is what we are having to do today with those we can't see or comfort or hug in person. That is what we are having to do with all that we can't know or comprehend right now and with all that we are grieving and losing. At the threshold of death, whether physical death or the loss of a cherished way of life or self-image or future or plan, and at the threshold of your own ability to understand, help, control, pray, know this. The Spirit helps you in your weakness and prays when you can't. God carries you over every threshold and into and through the unknown. And nothing, nothing, no loss or death or cancer or you fill in the blank can separate you or your loved ones from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord, who is working all things for good, for the good, and who reigns over all other powers and who will have the final word.